that was the end. I went back just before I coughed. It's, it fades out. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'll note here, faded cough. That was my good friend, Mr. Robert Zimmerman of Hibbing, Minnesota. Back in his days as an aspiring folk singer, seeking to follow in the footsteps of recording legend and cat lover Lewin Davis, but who eventually found his true calling as a reporter for CBC Radio, right here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Come and listen to a radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Bob Dylan saved my life the other night, he said melodramatically. It's been a heck of a week here in Lake Wobegon, my hometown. Couldn't get to sleep. Dreary thoughts chasing each other around in the attic of my brain like that crazy panicked squirrel on episode 510 of This American Life. So I dialed up my old friend Bobby. And we had a bit of a chat, and that calmed me down. He suggested I head back into the Soul Food Recordings vault and dust off those old acetates of his radio show, Theme Time Radio Hour. So I sent the librarian deep within the bowels of the Soul Food storage annex, and pretty soon I was able to just lie there in bed and listen to episode number one, all about the weather. Muddy Waters, The Prison Airs, Jimi Hendrix, Sister Rosetta Tharp, Frank Sinatra. Drifted off to sleep several times, woke back up, eventually started over, listened through it again to hear the parts I missed. And that's just episode one. So if you find yourself sleepless in the shank of the night and there's not enough soul food to tide you over, head on over to www.themetimeradio.com and start listening your way through all 101 episodes, 101 hours of off-kilter late-night radio. I'll hand over the mic to Uncle Bob here for a bit and... See if the bots intercept our not-strictly-legal visit from the Staples Singers. Yeah, the Staples Singers singing Uncloudy Day. They tell me of an uncloudy day. Pop Staples with his dreamy underwater sound of the tremolo guitar. Tremolo guitar bar. That's one of the hardest things to master if you're a singer. A tremolo bar. It's hardly ever used. You won't hear anybody use it because it's very hard to control. But when you use it the right way... It can be a very beautiful effect, as we can hear from Pop Staples and the Staples singer singing Uncloudy Day. Thank you. 
your uncle. Speaking of folk music megastars, it's time to introduce you to the music of Zoe Thiessen's big brother, Wyndham, who's not nearly as peculiar as our previous broadcast may have led you to believe. Monikers like Wemmis Thurber and Bone Man Slim notwithstanding. Wyndham Wemmis Bone Man Thiessen and his musical friend Paul Gitlitz have a fiddle-playing duo they call While Rome Burns. A fiddle-playing duo they call While Rome Burns. Pause. They're the house band for local contra dances, which Wyndham describes as being kind of like square dances, but not as square, I'm assuming. In a long-established tradition, they mash up two or three tunes into a set for folks to dance to. Of course, not so much contra-dancing these days, but uh, that'll change. Possess thy souls in patience. I will say, though, that when I first played this tune that Wyndham sent me, I was cutting a jig out on my back deck, cradling my laptop in the Easter Monday sunshine. Let me be an example to you all.
Wyndham writes, We recorded these tunes quarantine-style a couple weeks ago. I recorded the dobro and guitar, then sent the tracks over to Paul for the addition of fiddle. The first tune is called Colored Aristocracy. The second is Big Sciota. Okay, now, I got curious about the provenance of a tune with the unfortunate moniker Colored Aristocracy. Colored. You know, we don't say that much anymore, for good reason. But but as I thought about it, you know, we are fine with people of color or artists of color. So I wondered what that title might have signified when it was new. Just some rearranged wording? Well, Big Peter Schenken tracked the title to a piece of sheet music from a 1902 review entitled In Dahomey which starred the famous African-American vaudeville duo Williams and Walker. You've heard of them. The music, entitled Leader of the Colored Aristocracy, is credited to Will, Marion Cook, words by James Weldon Johnson, later of Harlem Renaissance fame, and a playwright. If you've got a good encyclopedia handy, I learned all about those folks from my complete 104-volume set of Encyclopedia Wikipedia, which I always keep here handy on my virtual shelves. You can look up any of those people. You'll find they truly are the aristocracy of African-American theatrical and musical arts. Williamson Walker, Will Marion Cook, James Weldon Johnson, or our very own Thomas Wright Waller. Elders who led the way for artists of color as much as 130 years ago. The second half of that contradance mashup was Big Scioto, named for the Scioto River in Ohio. The Boiled Buzzards String Band recorded that on their fine dining CD under the title Big Scioti, and Jim D. of the Buzzards says they learned it from Andy Cahan, Lisa Ornstein, and Laura Fishleer's Ship in the Clouds recording, but also from the Hammonds Family Library of Congress recording made in the late 1940s, where fiddle player Burl Hammonds says he learned it from his uncle Pete Hammonds. But, as Jim D. remarks, the history of this one seems to be thin, at least by folk music standards. You can get more of Wyndham's music over at WyndhamThiessen.ca. That's W-Y-N-D-H-A-M-T-H-I-E-S-S-E-N dot C-A, which stands for Canada. Over there you'll find this memorable tune from his first record, A Retrospective, recorded under his real name, Bone Man Slim. Drums are beating, spears are flying Is it a parade or a marching band? No, she's just out on the warpath again Looking for another man The last one she had, she kept in a jar She tired of them fast and they didn't get far the Papers all said that his end had come soon There was heads in a display case in her dining room Heads will roll, oh heads will roll Into wineskins 
felt uneasy when she called to say, let's have a tete-a-tete. It's hard to know how to approach a girl when doom is her raison d'etre. She's wanted for manslaughter by the police, murder in the first and second degrees. When you spend time with her, you're like a fly in the muck. It's fun for a while until you realize you're stuck. Heads will roll, oh, heads will roll Down the street to the market square Oh, my love, oh, my love Don't sew up my lips, you know that just ain't fair I took her out to a restaurant She ordered up love for two The patrons turned their heads to see What I was gonna do any other woman I feel just fine with some love served hot and a bottle of wine but I'd seen inside her house before and there were heads piled up all over the floor heads will roll oh heads will roll into holding pens for sheep oh my love oh my love I think I'm in just a bit too deep stove you're gonna get burned if you're alarmed you're gonna get mowed if you're spending time with the headhunter girl your shoulders get relieved of their load i foolishly asked her for a tile and all she said i'll fix your headache and it won't hurt at all she tied up my eyeballs and sewed up my teeth now i'm just another dumb blind amusing piece heads will roll oh heads will I have noticed that in our corner of Richmond, at the grocery stores and dopers shrug mat, Chinese people wear masks, white people don't, which makes Carol and me honorary Chinese people, and proudly so. When I pulled up in my car the other day, put on my mask, gathered up my loot bags to head in, I felt like a bank robber. Here's an actual transcription with Soul Foods legal counselor in Merced, California. Soul food. I felt like a bank robber. Katie. Especially true after you robbed the place, I imagine. Soul food. Yeah, that definitely made it seem even more real. So, know a good lawyer? Katie. You'll need to rob something down here. Soul food. That can be arranged. Only then you, or whoever you have in mind, will also need to represent me for illegal border crossing. 
and jailbreaking, come to think of it. Katie. Yes, could be an escape charge in there. Soul Food's wife. My big question is, aren't lawyers, like, really expensive? I'm inclined just to leave him in jail. Katie. Wow, Mom, that's cold. Soul Food's wife. Or maybe we've just been isolated together too long. Just looking at all my options. Katie. Fair enough. Soul Food. Just trading one jail for another. Hoping for solitary confinement. Chris Hawley, master of the draw bars, with a nifty little number on the Hammond B3, specially commissioned for soul food, the ghost light season. I played part of that in episode 10 just because it fit in so darn well, but I kind of didn't remember to mention all about Chris and all that. Chris Buddy Hawley, so-called because he's my buddy, has played a ton of Christmas presences and he provided that sweet Hammond on John Oxendorf's cover of Jesus Was an Only Son, recorded for Easter Presents last weekend. Thanks, buddy. Fats! 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 Mr. Waller! Thomas! Hold on, hold on a second there. Fats, come on! That's not the theme for mailbag. Remember, we agreed. First time you sat down at the piano. Perfect choice. You nailed it. But somewhere along the line, you just started playing Ain't Misbehavin'. I mean, no, 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 no worries. Mr. Waller says he just naturally drifted on over to Ain't Misbehavin' due to its theatrical associations and a certain perhaps unconscious resonance between certain circumstances and his own memories regarding the occasion of its composition. Theater-wise, the song was first performed at the premiere of Connie's Hot Chocolates at Connie's Inn in Harlem. 
In June 1929, it moved to Broadway with a new orchestra director, one Louis Armstrong. Uh, lots of people say Louis, but I've always taken Mr. Armstrong at his word. This is Louis, darling. Or so he said on my dad's copy of the Hello Dolly album that I played a lot of times when I was seven or eight years old. Check out Kiss to Build a Dream On. But back to Connie's hot chocolate, Connie's hot chocolates. It's it's a lot harder than it looks. This whole DJ thing. Connie's hot chocolates at Connie's Inn in Harlem. When it transferred to Broadway, Satchmo was not prepared to just hide out in the orchestra pit. What began as a brief trumpet solo during the tune evolved into Armstrong climbing out of the orchestra pit to play the piece on stage. wonder how that affected the narrative flow. guess that's why they call it a showstopper. But Mr. Waller's proudest theatrical memory was performing the tune as the opener for Pacific Theater's production of You Can't Take It With You in 2008. Fats remembers with fondness the excitement of taking his seat at the piano, cleverly concealed in the capacious tunnels which pass for backstage in our intimate living room of a theater. And as the lights dimmed and the cacophony of the crowd stilled to a murmur, then a hush, he would strike up the tune, and Carl Peterson, as Grandpa Vanderhoff, would appear at the top of the stairs that lead into the theater from the lobby. Martin Vanderhoff placed me air coins. This is my home, just around the corner from Columbia University, but don't go looking for it. This is what is customarily described as a living room, but in this house, the term is something of an understatement. The every man for himself room would be more like it, for here meals are eaten, plays are written, snakes collected, ballet steps practiced, xylophones played, Printing presses operated. If there were room enough, there would probably be ice skating. In short, people go on about the business of living in the fullest sense of the word. This is a house where you do as you like and no questions asked. At the moment, my daughter, Mrs. Penelope Sycamore, is doing what she likes more than anything else in the world. She is writing a play, her 11th. One would not expect that beneath that placid exterior there surges the divine urge. But it does. It does. Mr. Waller considers that his finest moment as a performing artist, tickling the ivories backstage at Pacific Theater, backing up his esteemed colleague, Mr. Peterson. Fats, I never could get comfortable calling him Fats, though it did help when he started calling me Slim. Mr. Waller was 104 years old at the time. It's one of my proudest theatrical memories as well, as the director of that show. There are playwrights who put a lot of their best stuff in the stage directions, 
and Moss Hart and George Simon Kaufman are one of them. So I just took their warm and inviting set description and gave Carl a few more lines to open the show. I used the same trick on another show I directed six years later. And if you can name that show, you will win fabulous prizes. Fabulous. Just send your letter to our Name That Show mailbag contest. And if you're the first one to correctly identify Pacific Theater's 2014 hit show that started with stage directions, you will be our winner. Soulfood at ronreed.org to ease and read. Our last mailbag winner was awarded two free tickets to Pacific Theater's first post-plague production. Who knows what fabulous prizes you might win. Maybe dinner for two with Fats Waller at that little Scottish place he likes over on Broadway. McDonald's, I think they call it. The sky's the limit here on Soul Food, the ghost light season. Okay, getting back to Mr. Waller. He he tells me he kind of just ended up playing Ain't Misbehavin' instead of the song he started out with back in episode two for Mailbag for no particular reason. But I kind of wonder whether subconsciously, where most good art comes from, the song reminded him of our present times and the fact that he wrote Ain't Misbehavin' while lodging in prison, as he puts it, for alimony evasion. Fats Waller writing his Lear under lockdown, which is why he wasn't misbehaving. Are you? Okay, let's get back to the music and the tune that Fats himself originally suggested for our mailbag theme song. more like it. Thank you, Fats. We've got a jam-packed mailbag today. I'll just wipe the jam off these, which should take care of a couple of those little Corona guys as well. And, uh, okay, what have we here? Dear Soul Food, I happen to be shaving when I listen to your April 15th episode using my Philips AquaTouch, which I bought on purpose from a Dundon Lux. I too am in a fundraising mode, so happy to shill for those product placement bucks. Anywho, I was shaving when your shaving show was on, and it takes me a long time, a whole podcast amount of time. Three reasons. One, I had a Corona beard. Two, My everyday brain finds it soothing to get every bit of hair off. 3. Electric shavers are not as smoothly and efficiently cutting as straight razors, but I lack courage to use the latter. So, what ensued was an unplanned tactile homage to the pod that started with your tale of two razors. Dan, long-time listener, living on the razor's edge in a soul use... British Columbia. P.S. I, too, own two razors, but that is another story. Oh, my gosh, the world is a small place, made even smaller by the glories of radio. 
The reason I got myself a cordless shaver for the very first time was because of the aforementioned Dan, who told me how handy it was to be able to shave while driving. Now, Dan is a paragon of virtuous citizenship, so he would never shave at high speeds. But he lived in Ladner in those days, and if you know that tunnel traffic... So, here's to Dan, Brothers of the Shaver. Okay, while we're at it, while we're on the topic, there's this. Sometimes when I'm shaving, I think about starting a new business, in case this whole theater thing doesn't pan out. Maybe become a shaving manufacturer, just so I could name my new corporation Lorden. L-O-U-R-D-O-N then everyone could have a Lord and Shaver. Okay, pulling another envelope at random from our seams-busting mailbag. What do you know? I thought this guy was dead. Hmm. Wise and comforting words for a guy sitting in his guest room and talking into a microphone to who knows how many people. That's the thing about radio. That's so different from live theater. You put it out there, but the audience is real quiet. Maybe they aren't even there. So it's a bit of an act of faith, an act of defiance, really. Defiance of doubt. The loneliness of the late-night disc jockey. Is anybody listening? Is anybody out there? Our correspondent writes, Dear Soul Food, Do not depend on the hope of results. You may have to face the fact that your work will be apparently worthless and even achieve no result at all, if not perhaps results opposite to what you expect. As you get used to this idea, you start more and more to concentrate not on the results, but on the value, the rightness, the truth of the work itself. Regards, Tom Merton of Bardstown, Kentucky. What the heck? There's two letters in this envelope. This one's from Steve. No, not that Steve, not the Lacklebish Steve, but a Steve who describes himself as a Native American elder, author, and retired Episcopal bishop. Now that's a resume. Steve writes, Now is the time for which our faith has prepared us. Now is the moment when all that we believe can be put to work. Now we can turn to the inner resources we've been developing over these many years to face the challenge of a world in desperate need. We are not afraid of this crisis, for we have been made ready for it. We've devoted our lives to the belief that something greater than fear or disease guides human history. We've studied, prayed, and grown in the Spirit. Now we come to the call to use what we believe. Our people need hope, confidence, courage, and compassion 
the very things for which we have been trained. We are the calm in the midst of a storm. Stand your ground and let your light so shine that others may see it and find their faith as well. Come and listen to a radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. was Viper Central. Yeah, let's hear it for those five people. You can find them at uh, vipercentral.ca. You know, we made that tune a bit of a theme song when the Vipers joined Peter Church, Kenton Claussen, and me on stage at Pacific Theater for the old-time gospel radio hour. How many years ago? What year is it now? I, I, I have no idea what day it is. 
Viper Central featuring Kathleen Nisbet on vocals and fiddle. Kathleen accompanied me for our first production of Christmas Carol. She's played a lot of times at Christmas Presents, which was kind of a precursor to Testament in 2017, which was kind of a precursor to Easter Presents in whatever year this is. We should see about doing a radio version of Old Time Gospel Radio Hour. Might suit the format. Nah, it'd never work. Not on radio. But speaking of radio, all this holiday weekend we'll be counting down the top 10,000 of all time. Good thing it's a long weekend. Time for a little memory music. Not that all of it isn't now. Believe it or not, the number two charted song of the 1960s, according to Billboard magazine. Not by the Beatles, not by Elvis, not by the Rolling Stones, not even Andy Kim. Here it is, number two of the 1960s, the decade of classic rock and roll, number 6,389 of all time in our top 10,000 countdown. 